never give up. I never give up. I never give up. Hi guys, welcome back to Neff Inspiration, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Another fantastic day for an interview. And today is a fantastic day because uh, I've got Dr. Ryan Peoples with me. Uh, Ryan is a man who has transformed in the most magical way. Um, he has become his own guinea pig because here is a man who has gone through a lot of darkness, through a lot of pain, physical pain, emotional pain, and he found ways of changing that. Now, that is very close to my heart. Some of you know I've been a, a pain physician. I was in chronic pain management, which really defined me, which was my life for oh, the better part of decades, um, until really I burned out, until I, I could no longer do this job because I, I took on far too much. But I've got a, a very detailed knowledge about pain management. But I have transformed Ryan has transformed. So this is far from the normal pain management kind of lecture or pain management talk. Yeah, take two Oxycontin, you're going to be fine. Uh, no, no, no. So Ryan, welcome to my show. Thank you, Stefan. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, an absolute pleasure. Man, uh, where to start? I guess we start we start early with you because ultimately um, no one sort of wakes up when they're eight years old and say, hey, mommy, I know I'm going to go out there. I help people uh, manage their their life, their back pain and I transform lives. <laughs> what did you want to do when you were younger? What, what That's was a good your passion? question? I haven't been asked that and I haven't even thought about that in a long time. So I'm going to have to come up with something right now. <laughs> I think. You know, I remember as a teenager having visions of in my future owning a gym, uh -huh. which is kind of similar to what I do, but not like I had it. It was like a physical location that was a teenager when I was a little kid. I probably wanted to be like a sailor or something, always something adventure related. Nice. So, yeah, nice. That, those were where my thoughts were definitely around ocean and adventure. Oh, beautiful. Well, life can be an adventure and it certainly was for you. Um, but when you're in, in the kind of gym area, can I assume that from the word go, you were physically active and that you were actually hitting the gym, hitting the weights, uh, doing things? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, as a kid, definitely sports and athletics uh, as much as possible. I actually started going to the gym and lifting weights at probably too young of an age. Uh, at age 13, I, I mm. got introduced to a bodybuilder, and he became my personal trainer. Mm. And I was lifting, I was bodybuilding starting at age 13. And so that actually had quite the impact on my body, of course, and That's also exactly. uh, my, my development of chronic back problems. Mm. So we'll, we'll leave it there. But yeah, that, that was a huge influence. Exactly, because that was that was exactly where I was alluding to. Um, because when it comes to pain and when it comes to to um, to suffering, there are always two sides. On the one hand, there is of course physical injury, and so it always pays out to actually see what is happening. When I look at gymnasts who are starting at age well, uh, five and bending themselves into pretzels and doing the kind of high and low bars and seeing their little pelvises smashing against it repeatedly. Boy, you just know that they are, when they're in their twenties, thirties, they're going to be in trouble. Um, yeah. Yep. So here you go. But on the other hand, we've got also childhood trauma 
um, that we nowadays know, and intergenerational trauma that can lead very much to chronic pain and to suffering that is perceived to be very physical. Was there anything like that in your life? Uh, are you talking about an emotional Aces. trauma? Yes, emotional. Physical. Yeah, I just took that um, test because I have a five-month-old son, and oh. I I really can't think of anything. I've always thought there must be something, mm. and I really haven't. Maybe it'll come out at some point in my future. Uh, you know, I've got mm. I've got decades more for something to surface, but I I really <laughs> do, I can't think of anything cool. that would qualify. As, cool, that, cool, cool. as a uh, as a point on the aces scale perfect uh, that's yeah. really really good so that's sort of lying the baseline um and with that we, we sort of know it's okay you're you're a young man who is starting maybe a bit early and it's interesting that you say 13 because i was 13 when i was in a gang assault and it was pretty much from then onwards uh within a month i started training very hard martial arts um and uh, certainly did my own trauma, physical trauma to my body at that early stage. So to a certain degree, we're actually very similar in our development there, suddenly uh -huh. throwing ourselves into massive uh, exertions, four hours training kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and I and was motivated, you're motivated maybe from the trauma that you know about. Exactly. I was motivated because I was getting... I was getting praise and compliments on I became this like very physically fit young, you know, teenager. Yeah. And so I I was started pushing it even harder because of that. Perfect. So it's it's always it's either the the carrot or the stick that drives us. Right, um right. so but this is obviously when you actually are growing and suddenly get that praise, it's incredibly powerful. Um, and there you were. So so far, it's a it's a hero story. Here you go from maybe a little bit of a patchy young man to a physical specimen where uh, Mr. and Mrs. Wright just think, "Ooh, that's nice." Um, so what's wrong with that? Right, right. I mean, it, to me, there was it was just all win win mm. um, until it caught up with me, and that wasn't for years. So you know, I, I was going to the gym regularly for I'd say good six days a week and I had a workout partner and we were lifting mm -hmm. um, by the you know and by the age of 16 I had already been lifting for three four years at that point mm -hmm. and so uh then that's when it caught up with me and my back mm -hmm. pain started yeah. at, at age 16. Uh, what were you lifting what were sort of your your uh, marks uh, what was the weights I don't know. I, I I mean, it was so long ago and I just care <laughs> so call. little about that anymore. Fickle, fickle, fickle. That's absolutely fine. It's just a lot of young men compare themselves, of course, and they can. Yeah, how much can, can you bench press? Right? Exactly, well, exactly. My answer is I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> fickle, fickle. And it, it doesn't really matter, but it's just it's one of these things because a lot of people get, uh, especially young men, get very competitive there. And obviously you were. But so then back pain came in. Where was the back pain? how did it feel yeah it was pretty uh, like diffuse in the oh, beginning so yeah. it was spread out and just you know felt to now i have the knowledge to know that it was probably just muscular pain um i had just chronic tightness and the muscle tension in my lower back was it felt like guitar strings 
uh, tension, you know, yeah. and and that it was the kind of pain you call it. You would call it ischemic pain because just not enough oxygen getting to the muscles, not enough blood flow. And uh, I think that that's what I was feeling at that time. How did you continue your story? So, yeah, I mean, I think really the way that the the lifting caused that it was a gradual onset, right? So there was no physical trauma. There was a day when I, I tried to lift a, a heavy cooler and, and my back kind of went out, mm. but that wasn't the cause. I, you know, I'm a 16 year old strong boy. That wasn't the cause of my back pain. That was the straw that broke the camel's back mm. to, to use an overused pun. But um, I think what happened was I was just lifting, you know, I thought I knew what I was doing, but I think I was overdoing some muscles and underdoing others. And I mm. created this imbalance in my body mm. and that the, the chronic lower back muscle tension was just a reaction of the body to mm. try and restore that balance. Mm. And it was just uncontrollable amounts of tension and stiffness in my lower back muscles. Um, I could stretch them, but they would tighten right back up. And I mm. had this bulk all over my body that I think um, it was just, you know, very well developed and, and, the, and it wasn't perfectly balanced. You know, I artificially created a muscle imbalance. And mm. so, yeah, the, the pain went on for, for about a decade and I could, you know, I could talk to you for hours about, uh, you know, how, what that was all like. So, um, yeah, I think, and I think, to... we, I think we need to go there because ultimately here you are in pain. And obviously the, the very first thing you would think about is either a physiotherapist, it depends on where you are and how you're influenced, uh, either a physiotherapist or a doctor. Um, so you, you were probably slotted a bit into a medical system. Uh, what were sort yes. of the diagnosis that were sort of bunted around world were sort of the, what were you told and what advice were you given and what kind of treatment options were given to yep. you? So the first thing I remember is uh, my mom taking me to a chiropractor mm -hmm. and uh, I think they took imaging because they told me that my spine looked like about the age of a 40 year old spine. And so that was, it's still you know, mentally has an impact on me, right? I still remember them telling me that. And, um, you know, I, I never really felt like chiropractic gave me too much relief. So I think what next came was physical therapy, naturally. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember them also, man, it was so long ago, but I, I remember them being surprised at how young I was. And mm. I just felt like I was, I was different. I was too young. I, I physical therapists would often repeat to me, you're too young for this. Like what's going on. And eventually wow. I got a diagnosis of degenerative disc disease oh, uh, as nah. a teenager. Nah. And so, nah. you know, you hear the term disease nah. and um, you think that you have a disease, you think something's wrong with you. Um, I've learned a lot since then that it's not actually a disease, but mm. just increased wear and tear, just like any joint on your mm. body or even a door hinge. If, if mm. it's not perfectly congruent, it's going to wear down a little faster than, mm. than it normally would. And so um, I, I was told I had a disease. Um, I think what I really had was just movement 
uh, dysfunction from mm. this artificial mm. muscle imbalance that I created. Mm. And that is that is very good. So uh, very good to point out. But I guess what I'm the point I'm trying to make is that there are uh, problems, medical problems that can raise their ugly head um, even early in life. Um, there are some degenerative uh, disorders that can show themselves very early rheumatoid arthritis can hit you as yes. a child those kind of things so of course you need to look at first you need to rule out those kind of potentially life-threatening uh yeah. diseases that really truly are there um too many people just poo poo this kind of thing and think no i'm gonna be i'm a tough young man i just go through it not realizing that they've got a bone tumor or things like that so right. it is absolutely okay, however rare I think that, that is they had you know i wasn't even thinking about that kind of stuff and mm. they must have ruled it out and mm. didn't tell me you know what, what you don't know doesn't hurt you or something like I, I guess uh no uh you know, they if they didn't tell me about it, it was good news. And so feckle, feckle. Um, oh, no. oh, brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so there you were. <laughs> Told you, you're an old man <laughs> in a young body. <laughs> great, right. get on with it, live with it. <laughs> so, great. What do you do when you're a young man? Live with it. <laughs> yeah, I, that's basically what I did. I I did everything I could. Went to. Uh, a lot of different doctors around Southern California. I switched PTs a number of times thinking that every time I went to a new provider, I had the thought, maybe this will be the guy that'll fix me or, or the woman that will fix me. Yeah. And um, I had this sense of hope. And then you go see them for a little while, maybe uh, one, two visits and you're like, yeah, it's, it's pretty much similar to the last one. And so, you know, you, you stick with it till the end and, and discharge and go, go through that cycle again, go find another mm. guru that's going to fix you. <laughs> that's what I did for, I did that for about eight years like that, just searching for the guru. Yep. How was your mental health then? Because I mean, pain and depression, they are just, you know, uh, congenital twins kind of sort of, you know, fixed yeah, together. I, I think I reached a low point after college. So I was able to be, I had back pain in undergrad in college, um, but I, I was constantly in physical therapy and I was able to kind of mask the, the, whatever pain or depression just through my friends and mm. parties and mm. alcohol and all the other things you do as a college mm. student. Mm. It was after I graduated that I got home and I, it was the great financial crisis. So nobody mm. that graduated got a job. So I was at home with my parents and not much to distract me away from the pain. And, and that's where I probably reached a low point mentally. Uh, not able to do physically do the things that I enjoyed. Mm. Uh, I wasn't able to surf. I wasn't able to play basketball, definitely mm. not lifting weights. All mm. I could really do is stretch, you know, and do light things and, but not knowing, you know, which ones were good still. Mm. And, um, mm. and so, yeah, I, I remember being in a very dark place for probably a, two years. Um, feeling like I was suffering with no end in sight, really. 
exactly because that is a, a, such a common common thing after you've you've seen yet another you call them guru uh, yet another well-meaning person who is trying to put their uh their stamp on you and trying to to help you now were there things or were there aspects of of the different uh, treatment modules or treatment models shall i say um that have helped you was there anything? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, were there blips of improvement? Often oh, enough, yeah. there's a there's a powerful placebo, especially when it is sort of handed out from someone who you find attractive in a subconscious way. Um, oh wow, he is a cool dude, and he says, yeah. "Well, we do that." And, oh, we are, I feel better, and then three months later, you're back to square one. Did you experience that? Absolutely. That was pretty much the norm. So right. uh, I was addicted to physical therapy. Mm. Uh, I was dependent on it. And it's interesting because you don't really hear about that. You hear about people becoming dependent on pills or even <laughs> chiropractic adjustments, <laughs> but physical therapy. Uh, yeah. If I was not in physical therapy, I yeah. felt like I was spiraling and, and I needed to be going three uh, times a week. And I could, uh, I could do that because I was under my mom's insurance and she had phenomenal insurance. So I could right. just do that indefinitely. Um, hand, I needed the hands-on. I needed right. the massage. I needed the exercises. And uh, when I was, every time I went to physical therapy, I had a good therapist, right? Because I was doing the research. I was searching out the good ones. Uh, I would feel good walking out. I would feel like a million bucks, right? Uh -huh. And uh, maybe the next day, I'd start feeling bad again. But guess what? I had another appointment the day after that. <laughs> and so this is, this is the way my life went. And it was, uh, you know, it was the times that I was not in PT that I would start spiraling. And um, yeah, I remember, I mean, it worked. And part of the reason I became a physical therapist is because I knew that it worked. And I wanted to figure out why it didn't last. Beautiful. That was my huge mission in physical Beautiful. therapy. Was like, something's right, but something's missing. And uh, that, yeah, that was that was the thing. Excellent. Oh, brilliant. Okay, then what happened? Because obviously you were in this <laughs> in this in this spiral of of better, worse, better, worse, better, worse. Ah, what was the yeah, breakthrough? So was there one breakthrough, or was what happened? So every time that I got worse, I got a little worse than I was before. Ah. And that got to the point where I wasn't able, unable to do my passion for about two years. And that led to the dark times. And the dark time le led to, you know, the rock bottom where I was spending most of my time on my bedroom floor, uh, just kind of like sulking in my pain. And that led me to the commitment. And the commitment happened when I was 24 years old. And I uh, basically, I came to the point, the, the conclusion that I wasn't going to find my guru. And I needed to become my guru. And at this, I already knew at this point, back pain was going to affect the rest of my life. So yeah. I might as well dedicate my life to healing my own back instead of looking for someone to heal my back. And so that was the day that was the commitment. It's written down in my journal. Um, that was the turning point. And so wow. I decided to go to school, get some education, get some credentials. I applied to a master's program in kinesiology and got accepted. Uh, and I talked to who was my, I thought, you know, my, my closest thing to my guru at the time, my mentor, who was my physical therapist. And he talked me out of going to that 
program. I was already enrolled in classes. I, I, I told him, I said, who knows the most about the body, for, you know, from a physical biomechanics standpoint? And uh, he said, a physical therapist. Of course, he was biased. So I, I dropped, I pulled out of that before I even started, applied to physical therapy school, became a PT. And I was really able to then go through physical therapy school with from the inside with the goal of finding out why does PT not work instead of from the outside. And um, also for, with the perspective of how to heal lower back pain. I went through all of PT school just with that kind of single focus. Um, so yeah, that's that led me to a very a much deeper understanding of the body, not the solution, uh, but a big giant step in the direction that I wanted to go. Exactly, because you got the the knowledge, you got the the deep dive into um, into at least the framework of understanding. I got the, the body. anatomy and Correct. the biomechanics. Correct, and that which is you need to know. It's a prerequisite. Absolutely, and uh, so many people, so many healers out there um, fall flat on the face because they have not got that skill, that knowledge, and then at times, meaning very well, maybe do something really stupid and recommend something really stupid to their clients, and so therefore, you actually did not fall into that trap. So, kudos to you. Yeah, I think that's really important. There's a lot to be said about that because mm -hmm. there are people who are. In amazing at say energy or something mm. like that but you really do have to have that background because the one day you make that mistake uh you know mm. it can be very it could be very consequential yeah but also i mean it, it is no one gets up and says wow i really want to stuff up his life no we all do it because we want to be there for the patient and then to actually make a mistake uh is it can be soul destroying and can be really, really hard. So it's not just uh, the the medical, legal, or financial consequences of an, of a of a mistake or of a malpractice in the United States, um, but simply the the fact that we have failed a patient who we have taken on or client, however you want to call it. Uh, you're so right. Um, cool. So. Uh, to, to play devil's advocate, now you knew not how not to do it. Um, <laughs> no, and that's that's unfair to all the physical therapists out there. Please, please forgive me, guys. Don't don't write in and say ah. <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. Um, there are uh, physical therapy is so beautiful. The physiotherapist can do amazing, amazing things. Uh, and I work with them all day uh, in 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 the rehabilitation part of of after surgery. So please don't get me wrong. But obviously, in your case, that was initially not the case. You didn't find panacea. You didn't find uh, the the magic cure, did you? Yeah. And I, I think most physical therapists would agree. I mean, mm. if not all, that it's, you know, yeah, it works. It's effective. There's there's something that works about it. But there's, there's a big gap in uh, the ability for it to carry on beyond the 12 visits. Uh, you know, when we discharge a patient, uh, there is not a strong confidence that they are cured from back pain. Hmm. 
even though there are days when you can you can get them out of pain. Mm. Um, the, there's there is a disconnect, mm. and I I think that that's that would be you know not offend any physical therapists. And there's a lot of physical therapists I I, I went to school with that will outright say to me that mm. they don't really know what to do when when they get the chronic back pain patient. They, Absolutely, they'll say that behind closed doors, right? Yeah. I don't really know what I'm doing. So they, mm. I have them do the the typical exercises, but I know those don't really, you know, cure the problem. Mm. While at the same time, they can be incredible at the knee or acute injuries, you know, torn ligament and, mm. and be, mm. you know, and you, you could be in the best hands being with a physical therapist mm. about for recovering your knee. It, it, when it comes to chronic lower back pain and chronic, mm. some other chronic problems, um, you know, it's not the best at everything. Exactly. I agree with you 100%. So what is the answer? What what was the transition? What was the transformation that occurred to put you now into that seat that you're sitting in today? Um, because obviously things have changed. And I'm sure there was not one single event that was suddenly where the clouds opened and the sun shone through into your eyes. No. <laughs> what were the, the multiple eye openings, I guess, you 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 had? Yeah, and you're exactly right. It was a very gradual, boring process. Uh, but to make it interesting, the cure for chronic lower back pain in one word is education. The turning point was the day that I said, I have to become my own guru. I have to dedicate my life to healing my own back instead of searching for someone. And so that was not the day I cured my back pain, but that was the day I changed the direction that I was going in from downward spiral to a small step in the right direction. And building on that progress in the right direction over a period of years is to me, uh, the best thing you can ask for, especially if you're in a bad situation like I was in. Uh, there's a lot of people in that situation. They've had uh, severe chronic back problems for a decade or two or three, and it gets really bad. Mm. Uh, so you you're not you're no longer looking for an overnight success. Every one of us was at one point, mm. but there comes a day when mm. you realize, okay, that's not coming. Let's look for a day that's a little bit better than yesterday. Yeah. And so uh, you build on that. And that was, you know, I think that's what I did. And, and the way that I did that was through constantly educating myself, exposing myself to different modalities and different schools yeah. of thought and philosophies. It wasn't physical therapy that cured me, but it taught me a lot. It actually led to many breakthroughs that helped me along the way. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was through that exploration externally mm -hmm. and internally in my body, learning and educating myself about my body through awareness and focusing on what I'm feeling, uh, really breaking it down to master something very small, like my the way that I engage my core, mm. that then I can apply to maybe walking, 
mm. or bending mm. or reaching. And so really zooming in on in something that's very fundamental and mastering it was it has been a huge game changer for me. And it is the focus of how I help other people as well. Hmm. Uh, that's that's from a physical point of view, it makes perfect sense. And we are bad in that. Um, there is this kind of boom and bust. We sort of in, in January, we all head for a gym or for whatever you've decided to do. And you do it flat out for eight days, two weeks, and then it peters off. And it's that boom and bust, which never ever gives you any kind of benefit, if at all, it, it might destroy you because you do a new injury, or um, you just prove again to yourself that you're a failure. Um, so these kind of things don't work. But if you actually start actually uh, uh, figuring out what works, and then keep the focus on the basics, that is how mastery and how excellence really is created by repetition yes. of the right thing again and again and again. Yeah. And I, I'm going to try to say this. I don't know if it's going to make sense, but the difference between, because we're all human. So you said go to the gym for eight days and then you stop and then maybe do it again, right? We're human. We're not perfect machines that are going to stay committed. So no matter what, you're going to have waves ebb and flow boom and bust and whatever you're doing but the difference between going to the gym for eight days and then stopping and then doing it again and what i'm talking about is every time you go to the gym you go there with the goal of learning good yeah learning something nice. more about yourself because that is the thing that you get to take with you mm. The next round of eight days when you get motivated again. Mm. But if you're just going to the gym and going through the motion of these same 10 exercises mm. that you did before, and you don't have that perspective, that frame of mind to mm. develop and grow yourself, then you haven't made any ground. You may even have lost mm. ground because mm. you don't get to take that learning with you. And so that is why I say that education, both externally and about your body, the feeling of the familiarity of how to operate this machine is the solution to back pain mm -hmm. and, and constantly striving to do it in a better way. I love that. Absolutely love that. Um, having said that, I want to bring you back to, to the issue of imbalances. Um, of us often creating those imbalances. When you see, when you go to a, to a gym and you observe young people um, looking at themselves in a the mirror, they typically look from the front, looking how they, how they look like that, maybe from the side a bit. No one looks at their lower back. No one looks at their... <laughs> so you get these specimens which are brilliant here and nothing there. Um, <laughs> so, and that, whilst that is maybe a little bit exaggerated, it's not much exaggeration. <laughs> right. So right. How, how do we address these imbalances? And is there a, a motivation? Is there an awareness uh, amongst PTs or uh, amongst... Uh, when we say PT, careful, physical trainers um, is PT, but physiotherapist is, of course, uh, something very, very different. So let's not mix the, the two together. Um, but is there an awareness out there of, of imbalances being created? And how do we address that in, in daily life? Uh, yeah, I believe that, you know, pretty much most, if not all physical therapists will understand muscle imbalances. Mm. We understand posture. There are some naysayers out there 
in the industry. Uh, I would compare them to like the flat earth people that, that say that, that posture doesn't matter and they're really out there, but there's always going to be those type of people, no matter what topic you're talking about. And um, you know, maybe the earth is flat, but uh, you know, there, you got to go by, uh, you know, I'm I'm not going to go in into that too deeply, okay. but that's I'm going to assume that we can all agree that posture matters. Yeah. And the what makes our posture, what holds us in our posture, is our muscles. Hmm. And when posture gets bad, it is related to an imbalance in the muscles and muscle tension, hmm. and that affects the joints, and the joints can get stiff. Hmm. And uh, I don't even remember the specific question you asked so if you want to remind no, me no no it is where i'm going with the question is yes of course there are the imbalances and uh often enough that is that is actually something that people actually realize out there um but then the next step from that is is muscle activation and actually mm-hmm. the fact that certain muscle groups yes. can actually go off to sleep and you think what the yes. boy, what what how yes. what <laughs> so uh it, and i figured that was actually one breakthrough that i experienced when i went to a more holistic chiropractor and he sort of took me through the things and he said you know lift your arm there and he put some weight on it and woof, my arm went down and i thought Whoa, what the hell um and then he yep. said let me just push on there bing my arm was straightened what what did you just do? So those kind of things are, were amazing. And it taught me that uh, things happening in our body that I was not aware of. Should we talk a bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I remember you kind of reminded me that the original question is, you know, how do you correct the muscle imbalances, right? Mm. And so, yes, absolutely. Muscles can get amnesia where they kind of stop functioning and mm. there's gluteal amnesia that's uh, a term that's a phrase you know mm-hmm. uh, when the, the glutes kind of just stop doing their job and the other muscles around it are have just completely taken over so the hamstrings are doing the mm-hmm. job of the glutes because mm-hmm. there's overlap in mm-hmm. almost all the muscles you know the neighboring muscles have Check similar it. functions mm-hmm. and so when those imbalances get bad enough a muscle can shut off completely and so mm-hmm. how do you solve these things so mm-hmm. when a muscle shuts off other muscles have to compensate and there's you have this this muscle that is inhibited uh no tension in it it's just lax right there's always has to be an equal and opposite so there's going to be tightness somewhere mm-hmm. else and so you have weak inhibited muscles tight muscles weak inhibited tight and it go that imbalance can stretch throughout the body mm. and so there's two real ways that i can see how to address this one is the way i did it for the first 8 years stretch the tight muscles uh. and try to strengthen <laughs> the weak muscles and this is playing a game of uh what's that game when you when you hit the go whack-a-mole whack-a-mole this is a game of (laughs) whack-a-mole and it's you're you're really chasing your tail and and anybody that has experienced you know cross chronic muscle tension and stretches those muscles can knows that they tighten right back up Hmm. And, and so you just play this game and you can try to restore balance in your body on the surface Hmm. this is what i would describe as the surface battle 
and or the other way, which once I started doing, I started getting more lasting results, which is address it from the inside out. And and what we've found, what I didn't find, but uh, you know, the the original person that all physical therapists would know would be Vladimir Yanda is there's a pattern uh, to these muscle imbalances. And he coined the term cross posture syndrome. And this pattern is predictable. We know which muscles tend to get tight. The upper traps tend to get tight. The hip flexors tend to get tight. And we know which muscles tend to get weak. Mm. And what I've found is that the, the the abdominal muscles and the deeper muscles that are inside the core, the, the muscles very proximal to the spine, are tend to get in, inhibited. Mm. And so I found that if you address that, go straight to the center of the body, mm. and you you activate those muscles, which you referred to earlier as activate, that's exactly what we're doing. Mm. That it, That can start this like chain reaction where the next muscle which would be the hip flexors or the lower back they actually they feel the stability of those muscles around the spine and they can like kind of let go and feel mm. safe to release a little bit and so mm. that tightness decreases yeah. a little bit if you address it from the inside and guess what happens mm. after those muscles release a little bit it allows the next muscle, the adjacent muscle that's suffering from that tightness mm. to do a little bit better at its job. And so you have this snowball effect and it really does mm. seem to extend throughout the body if you just go straight towards the center rather than trying to stretch your finger muscles from, you know, the, the, the farthest away <laughs> muscles from the center are at the end of this chain reaction. They're the last ones. So go upstream. And that, don't, don't stretch your calf muscle when you actually need to work on your core. You're quite exactly. right. Exactly. <laughs> and the ca the calf muscle can actually tighten up as a result of, of this chain does. reaction. Of course it does. Exactly. And oh, does I, I say can, but it actually does. That's course. right. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Uh, no, brilliant. So absolutely, there is so much we can do by actually uh, addressing the, the imbalances within our muscular body, um, and that's fine. But I mean, there are there are many other factors uh, playing in. Uh, which other factors did you explore in your own life, um, in your own transformation? I found in my journey that as I got deeper into it and farther along in progress, that my focus shifted from physical solutions or the physical component, the physical pillar being the solution more towards the mental and the psychological component being the bigger, more important pillar to climbing out of this downward spiral that I keep referring to. And so not only with the exercises where I shifted from looking at them as a physical movement or uh, uh, judging them or critiquing them from a physical perspective, I actually, I started 
really, really doubling down on my focus and my my tuning in. Like I could close my eyes and do the exercises and feel the core engagement that mm. was happening while I was doing them. That's a mental challenge. So mm. not only that was happening, but I was also appreciating more and more the virtues of persistence, patience, which mm. is massive. And um, all the other things that come along with these, that, that apply to all life's challenges, uh, consistency, um, the drive, the determination, the gratitude that mm-hmm. is necessary to celebrate this, the little victories and the progress that you've made. So you don't get depressed when you're not farther along and where you want to be, but celebrating the little steps that you've made is uh, those things are all the mental side, the mindset. And I I think that's really, it's for me at this point is 90% of the battle is, is, is the mental. Yeah. hundred percent agreed too. Um, Having said that you can, um, it's so quite nice to focus only on the mental if you're actually neglecting the underlying physical thing. So I think it's so important that we again sort of stress uh, if you are, uh, it's well worthwhile to rule out nasty things. Um, it's then well worthwhile to think that maybe uh, other uh, things, or so not just cancer, trauma, broken bones can cause pain, but also psychological uh, challenges either early on in your life or ongoing are are um, can can manifest themselves in chronic lower back pain. Um, yeah, so it is a good doctor or a good good trainer, good good coach will look holistically at that. But then yeah. again, it is we need to look a little bit further. Let's look at the lifestyle that you're living. If you're running ragged and you're absolutely have got so much on your plate, you're working 16 hour days, you're not looking after yourself, your sleep is crap. Um, you're drinking far too much alcohol. Well, guess what? You're, you will not give your body the time to rest and heal. To it is the sleep, it is the the down the, the calming down periods in your day where you allow your your body to calm down. So Absolutely. we we often live live lifestyles, and that are basically self destructive, and then we wonder why we're in pain. So I think that is that is certainly something I would throw in there. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, there's so many bases to cover and it's mm. all encompassing. Correct. I, I have often told my students and, and I deal with people that are in, they perceive themselves to be in a severe condition, severe yeah. situation. And at this point, what I tell people is you want to throw everything at this. You want to give right. yourself the best possible chance to Mm. heal. Um, Because for some people, this is, you know, this is can be life or death. Mm. If you lose your ability to function and participate in life, um, that's that's really what it comes to. And so you want to throw everything at it. So we're looking at nutrition, we're looking at mindset, we're looking at physical. um, And you want to, at least for a period of time, try to be as close to perfect as possible. Mm. Can you what 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 can you be putting in your body that will help you along? Anti-inflammatory Absolutely. foods. Mm. Uh, can you take any supplements? Um, 
turmeric, uh, fish oil, what is it that you can do for this period of time? It doesn't have mm. to be forever. It could mm. be for one week of trying mm. to be mm. this week of back pain healing that I'm mm. dedicated. Um, it can mm. get you over a hump and then allow you to be more human again and mm. be the imperfect thing that we really are. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, we, you want to, Every possible angle and base mm. and mm. Um, element uh, we we want to throw at this, uh, mm. and and it can be it can be looked at as a temporary thing if it can get you through. Mm. I think uh, I want to stress the importance of the nutrition at this stage because the, the, the standard American diet is so full of omega six, which are very inflammatory. Um, the ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 is just crap, 25 to, to 1. Yes, um, the sad diet. The sad diet, exactly. That's why we call it like that. Um, and the, I was... I was putting myself as a guinea pig through that because about six years, seven years ago, I was feeling run down and I had stopped drinking. I tried to do the right thing, but of course I was still a workaholic and maybe I wasn't so eating so well, although I thought I was. Um, so I went to a nutritionist uh, who I had always sent my patients to. So I said, come on, I put my money where my mouth is. Um, take me apart and we'll see what happens. And uh, it turned out at that time, my gut was actually pretty hammered, still from stress, etc. So I had leaky gut. Um, I had, in turn, I had food allergies um, and lots of inflammation in my body. So systemic inflammation. So we basically, he changed my diet completely, added uh, some proper nutraceuticals in and uh, blimey. Um, so once I got rid of the food allergens, um, two months later, my hay fever was much better. My Obviously, my, my energy levels were better. Chronic pain, a little niggling old shoulder injury, etc. gone. My hay fever, gone. Smelly feet, gone. Um, <laughs> a lot of things were gone. And I thought, what the hell? And that was really, that what, what was really the breakthrough for me to see the power of nutrition. And now nowadays that I've, I've, I've learned so much more about the all this, this beautiful web of systems within our body, starting with the gut. Nowadays, I know that I've cured my gut. I've, there is no more leakiness. There's, it's, I'm looking after it. And I live such a different life. But without that, uh, without that actually seeing that, and it was, with hindsight, it was like light and day. I have to say far out. I could have done physiotherapy. I could have done uh, seek help on a physical level uh, continuously, but with the levels of inflammation that were going on in my body, I was it was so counterproductive. So on the one hand, I was trying to heal. On the other hand, I was pouring petrol on the fire. Um, and so therefore, it's so beautiful. So what we can do is we can educate our patients. We can right now having these open discussions and can share our passion there, share our insights that have transformed our own bodies. You were just as much a guinea pig um, in, your own, in your own approach as, as I am. And it's beautiful. I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, that is how you learn. That is where you become the master of your own body. And you should be the master of your disease. You should know, and I say disease, let's say diabetes or ischemic heart disease or whatever has uh, affected your body. You should know more about that than your doctor does. Okay. Yes. Because you are in control. Don't stop being the bloody victim. Let's actually mm -hmm. educate and let's actually go out there, build a power team 
where you're the dumbest member of the team. So bring on people who can teach you from all around. And I guess that's where you come in, Ryan. That's where you actually help people who are who are uh, stuck, who are struggling yeah. to f- to yeah. make sense out of their life. It's uh, you know, it's just uh, it's just an educational program. What I do, uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. You, you I say guru, right? You be your own guru, yeah. and. Um, the doctors that you see are are teachers, and and the root of uh-huh. of doctor docere in Latin means to teach. So, as doctors, if I would consider I'm not a I'm not a medical doctor, but I'm a doctor of physical therapy. My job is to teach about it. the body, the body yeah. mechanics, and and when when I say be your own guru, I believe guru means darkness to light. Gu is darkness uh, and ru is light. That's what you want to do. Darkness is not knowing. It's it's the it's the uneducated, it's the ignorant, and the light is educating yourself. Go towards that. Bring in the knowledge mm-hmm. and you will have it. You get to take it with you. Um, and you want to address every area that you can. The solution to uh, back pain in particular is not going to be one thing. I don't think it's ever going to be one thing. Nutrition is a factor. Mm-hmm. Inflammation is the root of your back pain mm-hmm. and of your diabetes and of your sickness and of cancer. Mm-hmm. And so eating anti-inflammatory foods are going to help umbrella term all over everything. It's a panace. It really is a panacea. Is it the one and only solution? Probably no. not. Exactly. But we got to look at all the factors exactly. and address them. And I think that is so beautiful. So it is a journey. Guys out there, if you're, yeah, there's a good reason that you you switched on today here in, or switch into this, this podcast or this video, uh, video, because obviously you're suffering from chronic back pain or maybe a loved one uh, is, is suffering. Um, we haven't given you a magic cure. Yet we actually have, because we started with education and we started with connection. We started with actually uh, telling you, yes, there is hope. Um, That hope is not yet another 20-second MRI to find something to cut out. And it's not just the fifth surgical opinion to really make sure that you don't need um, um, any operation. That can be of help to actually put your mind at ease to rule out that there is something something new has occurred etc so some i mean sometimes the worst the most dangerous patients as far as i'm concerned are those patients who have got chronic pain because then if something new occurs it can be difficult to actually detect that everyone thinks yeah, it's, it's chronic pain yeah oh god he is there again and then you oversee that there is a new pathology uh, occurring or and he has fallen and there's a new fracture or something like that so please don't 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 rule out those things but by educating and by by going onto this journey and exploring how your own feelings, your own sleep, your own hydration, your own nutrition is impacting your well-being. How that then in turn affects your ability to maybe address uh, muscular imbalances. How that then uh, lifts your mood because you have actually done something today that makes you feel better. And that has increased your confidence to actually go out there maybe for a little walk, maybe sometime something you haven't done really for a while. 
And like actually, you know, by the time you've you've blinked, you've done five or ten things, small steps into the right direction that actually make you feel really good. Wow, I did that. How cool is that? And that is beautiful. That's powerful. That's that's how you recreate a life. That's how you create habits that will transform you into a different human being. And that's so beautiful. But it can be hard. And nowadays, for me and for Ryan, it's very easy to see where we want to go and maybe where we fall short of, of where we need to go. And that's cool. But we have got the, the education and the, the, the knowledge to do so. Um, for you guys out there, you are probably a bit behind on, on that path. We are just a little bit further down the line. So, if uh, Ryan, if people gel with you and people think, wow, hey, this dude has got his, his act a bit more together than me, how can they find you? Um, where, how can they, they get in hold of you? I think probably the best place to go is just YouTube. If you want to just expose yourself more to some of my teachings, uh, I, I have tons of videos out there on all sorts of, um, different back pain conditions and solutions and, uh, you know, a wide array of all back pain related content. Um, if you want to cut straight to the chase and get to, you know, the, the most valuable content, I think it's a, a masterclass I created. Uh, it's 15 minutes long. It's free. Uh, you could just go to corebalancetraining.com slash masterclass. And um, that will explain what I believe to be with visuals and illustrations, the root cause of most chronic lower back pain conditions, and what I believe to be the solution. Brilliant. Guys, look down there into the description of the YouTube video and of the podcast, because all this information is down there. So what have you got to lose? Just click on it and expand your knowledge. But whilst you're down there, press the like and subscribe button, maybe leave a comment on the on the YouTube video uh, and tell us uh, your own experience. Tell us uh, what you found most intriguing uh, on today's video. And share the love. Uh, tell others maybe to check either Ryan out or check my show out um, because we are here to make this world just a little bit better. One interview at a time. We are passionate about it. And so the more people can hear it and the more hope we can uh, sow out there, the better it is. So, Ryan, thank you so much for being a, sh a, show, a, a show on my guest. Yes, you were a show on my <laughs> a guest on my show. It was beautiful. Thank you so much. You certainly made me reflect on, on some of the things. And I will check your, your YouTube videos out far more than I have already done. So thank you so much. You were you made you enriched my day. I'm very grateful for that. Uh, it was a pleasure to be here. Uh, I had a, a very enjoyable time. Thank you so much, Stefan, cool. for having me. Awesome. And uh, yeah, appreciate it. And you guys out there, look after yourself and live with passion. Eh? Bye. I never give up. I never give up. I never give up. Turn around.